0: Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash CNN for a $1 per month trial. Hey everyone, I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Friday, December 31st. 2022 starts tomorrow and so does the start of an election year. In this special episode, we'll break down the political environment in the battle for control of Congress. So just a little Schoolhouse Rock Live review for everyone. The entire House of Representatives is up for election this year, and a third of the United States Senate is up for election this year. And what's important to remember when you think about the outset of this election year, this midterm political environment, is that you are dealing with the most Narrow congressional majorities of our lifetime. Nancy Pelosi has 221 Democrats in the House. There are 213 Republicans. She can't afford to lose more than three Democrats on any vote. And in the Senate, it's a dead tie 50 Democrats, 50 Republicans. Vice President Kamala Harris, as you know, casts that tie breaking vote when needed. But as we saw throughout all of 2021, any one senator can make an enormous difference in terms of the ability to get anything passed through the United States Senate. When you're in the United States Senate and you're a president of the United States and you have 50 Democrats, everyone is a president. <laughs> Every single one. At the outset of this election year, things do not look good for the majority party. You've got A president whose approval rating is hovering in the mid-40s on the average, that is not where Democrats would like to see Joe Biden. They would like to see him north of 50 percent. And that has been consistently over time a true north indicator of how a party does in a midterm election. So that's key. Also, historically, you note the president's party doesn't tend to do very well in the first midterm elections. Just look at 2018. When Donald Trump was president and the Democrats took over control of the House of Representatives, winning some 40 seats to do so. Or take a look in the Obama presidency at the 2010 midterms. Democrats lost 63 seats in the House and lost majority control with it. You also have a bleak economic picture at the moment in terms of inflation and the pain people are feeling in their everyday lives because of rising prices. This is a key component to how any voter sort of sifts through an election choice. The economy and their personal feelings about the economy are topic number one. So that inflationary pressure on the economy, if it does not ease, could be a very tricky dynamic for Democrats to navigate. And of course, add on this continued raging pandemic. Omicron cases are everywhere. Vaccination rates are still not where health officials would like to see them in order to truly put this virus to bed. And obviously, Americans are exhausted. I know you're tired. I really mean this, and I know you're frustrated. We all want this to be over, but we're still in it. Add all that together, and you can see why Democrats are heading for the exits. Twenty three Democrats in the House of Representatives so far have announced their retirements. Now, some of them are seeking higher office, but it doesn't take a brain surgeon that if you are a Democrat sitting in the House of Representatives, it is more likely than not you're going to go from the majority party to the minority party in just a year. And you know what's not a fun existence? Being in the minority of the House of Representatives because it's a majority rule institution. Now, remember, it's also a redistricting year. So some of these Democrats are retiring because the state legislatures back at home have drawn the congressional maps in a way that may make it tougher for them to win their seats. But the political environment overall is probably the thing that's dictating these decisions the most. Just over a week ago, we heard from Stephanie Murphy, a Democrat who represents a real battleground district outside of Orlando in Florida. She is on the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack. She is a real, moderate, middle-of-the-road kind of Democrat. And here were her parting words as she announced her retirement. From day one, I have always put people over politics. At a time when our politics have become so divisive and dangerous, my greatest hope for my colleagues is that they do the same. To stop the name-calling, saber-rattling, and the disinformation, and to listen to one another. Be ideological in the fight, but pragmatic in the end. She was just one of three Democrats to announce their retirement just last week. Now, Republicans have had some high-profile retirements, too. Devin Nunes announced that he would be leaving the House to head up the new Trump Media and Technology Group. This is what Donald Trump is trying to set up as his own media echo chamber. And Texas Congressman Kevin Brady, top Republican on the powerful Ways and Means Committee, announced earlier this year that he was not going to run for re-election. But you don't see a slew of Republicans heading out the door the way you did back in 2018 because they're pretty excited about their prospects for becoming the majority party. Here was Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, who would be Speaker of the House if Republicans win next year. And President Biden won your seat by 16 points, you're in a competitive race next year. You are no longer safe. It's no longer will the competition of competitive seats be small. It'll be more than 70 Democrats that will be competitive. There's many that are going to lose their races. Now, over in the Senate, as I said, it's a 50 50 Senate, so Republicans only need to win a net gain of one seat there to become the majority party again. Where might that happen? Well, if you take a look at the map, Democrats have to defend their four most vulnerable incumbents. That includes Maggie Hassan of New Hampshire, Catherine Cortez Masto of Nevada, Mark Kelly of Arizona and Raphael Warnock of Georgia. If Democrats are able to hold all four of those seats, even if they don't pick up a Republican seat, they're likely to maintain their 50 seats in the U.S. Senate. Republicans have to defend at least two seats that are in states that Joe Biden just won a year ago in the presidential race. Pat Toomey is retiring from his Senate seat in Pennsylvania. And another critical battleground Senate race will take place in Wisconsin, again, a state that Biden won by a razor thin margin. Republicans are feeling pretty good about being able to hold on to the Ohio Senate seat, the North Carolina Senate seat that are now vacant due to retirements. And Marco Rubio is feeling pretty good about his chances at getting reelected in Florida, a state that has been trending more Republican of late than a true toss-up battleground state. Look, I've always known that my opponent for the Senate was going to be a far-left liberal Democrat. I'm looking forward to this campaign because it's going to offer the people of Florida a very clear difference. In 2022, Florida is going to have a choice between two very different candidates and two very different records. Of course, elections don't happen in a vacuum and candidates and campaigns matter. Donald Trump worked hard to recruit The former football star Herschel Walker into the Georgia Senate race, and he got him in the race, gave his endorsement almost immediately upon Walker's entrance into the race. But it is not without concern among some Republicans in Washington that Walker may not be the best candidate that the party could have fielded. Nonetheless, McConnell's endorsed him. They've coalesced behind him, despite the fact that he has talked about his past of combating depression and dealing with allegations of abuse against his wife. For Walker's part, he entered the race by trying to portray himself as the very essence of the American dream. I'm running for the United States Senate. I'm a kid from a small town in Georgia who's lived the American dream. And I'm ready to fight to keep that dream alive for you too. Another first-time celebrity political candidate is making a run for it in Pennsylvania, Dr. Mehmet Oz of The Dr. Oz Show. And he's using his medical credentials to draw a contrast of how he would combat COVID versus the way he sees Washington failing to properly combat COVID front and center in his campaign. He's also trying to tout his conservative credentials. Pennsylvania needs a conservative who will put America first, one who can reignite our divine spark, Bravely fight for freedom and tell it like it is. That's why I'm running for Senate. One place where Republicans did not get their preferred candidate to enter the race is in New Hampshire. Governor Chris Sununu has decided to seek re-election as governor, to not run for the Senate, and that was a big blow to Republicans' chances in New Hampshire at trying to defeat the Democratic incumbent there, Senator Maggie Hassan. She is still going to be in a tough reelection battle, but it got just a little bit easier for her when the state's most popular Republican, the governor, chose to take a pass. And of course, you see an overlay of the Senate map and the presidential battleground map, right? The states I mentioned that we're going to be watching that will determine control of the Senate, Georgia, Arizona, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, these are presidential battlegrounds. These are also the states that we are seeing the most engaged action on the big lie and the battle for democracy and these fraudulent election audits that have taken place this year. So, this 2022 map has the added investment of interest from the likes of Joe Biden, if he's really going to seek re election in 2024, and of course, from Donald Trump, who keeps open the possibility that he may seek a return to the White House. Usually, we look at how the president and his standing could impact down-ballot races, House and Senate, and even governor's races in a midterm election year. And I've talked about how important the president's political standing is for his party. But given Donald Trump's continued control of the Republican Party, there is also going to be the Trump factor in these midterms, not just the Biden factor. And Donald Trump has proven himself to be able to both energize his own voters to turn out in record numbers, as well as energizing Democrats to turn out in record numbers. And this is gonna be a key thing to watch throughout all of this year, because if you look across all the polling, Democrats are less enthusiastic about voting in 2022 than are Republicans. They're feeling a little dejected and demoralized, and that can really dampen turnout for a party. But if Donald Trump is front and center, if he is playing in all of these primaries and producing general election candidates running on the Republican side that are in his image, meaning totally supporting the big lie, taking positions that might alienate independence and the middle of the electorate, that could give Democrats an opening in a year that should be terrible for them. In fact, it was exactly that fate that Glenn Youngkin avoided in Virginia. Remember the Republican candidate now soon to be the Republican governor of Virginia? He won that race. Terry McAuliffe, the Democrat, the former governor there, was trying to make the whole campaign about Donald Trump. Trump wants to win here so he can announce for president for 2024. That's the stakes of this election. We're going to put an end to Donald Trump's future plans right here in Virginia. And that didn't work because... Youngkin refused to run as a Trump Republican. He kept Trump at arm's length and Trump obliged. Now, I don't know if in 2022, in all of these Senate and House races, especially in states that Donald Trump would absolutely need to win if he's going to make another run for the presidency, is he gonna just say, okay, you Republican candidates can keep me at arm's length. I won't show up. That seems like a tall order for somebody who still wants to be at the center of American political life. So watch carefully as Donald Trump can serve as both a plus and a minus for his party in a year that should be quite good for them. Are there any places where we see Donald Trump causing a Republican to end up losing a race that should have been theirs and easily won? That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And please take a moment and be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. CNN Political Briefing is a product of CNN Audio. Megan Marcus is our executive producer. Greg Peppers is our supervising producer. Mohamed Darwish is our senior producer. Our episodes are produced by Krista Bowe and Taylor Galgano. We'll be back Monday. Happy New Year.